Hello, and welcome to the Story Wagon Podcast, where we talk about life, story, and spiritual health. I am your host, Chaplain Jose Martinez, and you can learn more about this podcast at our website, storywagon.org. You can also show us your support on our Patreon page so that we can continue to host this podcast and create resources that help our communities develop good spiritual health. Welcome. And welcome to our fourth episode. Today I have a special guest. Her name is Essie Titus, a very special person that I met during uh, our training with trauma-informed care, and she is very knowledgeable, and I thought she was very interesting on what she does. So um, I just want to welcome Essie. Essie, thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. So Essie, let's get started. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what what it is that you do? Well, I uh, live here in Kansas City, Missouri, Uh and I uh, am a professional firefighter. I have been um, for almost 15 years. I grew up here in Kansas City. Okay. Yep. I have uh, a lovely situation here. You know, my, my life has kind of been very interesting. I've been enjoying my career, but it's also taught me a lot of valuable lessons. Uh-huh. Which is, I think, what brings us here today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So... Yeah, so firefighting. Um, so, like in your class, well, in the classes that we took together, you were mentioning about how you utilize yoga and your position in the firefighting and your understanding of trauma informed care and how you kind of mix that in to help firefighters and police officers, um, you know, utilize yoga to help them through post traumatic stress. Um, can you kind of explain a little bit more about that for our guests? Well, sure. Uh, as you know, uh, the most valuable life lessons come usually from personal experience. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're sharing something and telling somebody about something, it's usually because you've had some sort of experience uh-huh. that is making you feel relatable to what you know, whoever you're, you know, advising or communicating with. So, I mean, I just, you know, have had, a, you know, career as a firefighter that I'm. You know, engaged in and have witnessed some pretty intense situations, not just calls that I've run, but also um, accidents that resulted in an injury to mm-hmm. myself, you know. So, um, so how does, how does the yoga play into that? So, I, I, yeah, like, so I, it's just like one of those things where I realized that this job is pretty intense and mm-hmm. it's, it's difficult, it's very demanding, and it requires you to be, like, constantly resilient and constantly adaptable. Mm-hmm. And when I started practicing yoga, I had a physical injury. Mm-hmm. And so I was basically trying to avoid having some kind of surgery oh. or, um, you know, just medical intervention. I was trying to kind of like just take better care of myself. Okay. And I had been doing really intense, like working out in the gym and cardio stuff. Uh-huh. And I just kind of wanted something different. Okay. And so when I started practicing yoga at 
even at the very beginning, I noticed that it, my body responded well and it just felt good. Like I just felt better. Okay. I mean, it took me years to really notice and like come to all of the benefits that I have, you know, been gaining this whole time. But like at the very beginning, when I first started practicing it, it's just because my body hurt. Like I had an injury from, uh -huh. from work right? <laughs> and I was trying to, cause I, you know, one of the guys that I worked with was like, man, try not to get, have to get back surgery if you can. Cause I, I mean, I think I was like 27 Oh wow! and I didn't want to have to get back surgery cause I had like two years on the job. Mm. And so I, didn't, I don't even think I ever went and got actual medical care for it, like okay. through the fire department. I just kind of like kept it to myself uh -huh. and did like, try, tried to take care of myself uh -huh. and rehab my, you know, and just kind of get through it. Uh -huh. um, and you know, I had a wreck in 2011 in the fire truck that, you know, so, some people say just based on kind of like the way that I talk and reference you know point certain points of my life that that may be you know like something that triggered all of the you know behaviors that are associated with symptoms of PTSD you know because I was eventually diagnosed with PTSD and it was all kind of brought back to that point mm. and my parents had, you know, my mom and dad were trying to be as supportive as possible, and my dad actually uh, suggested that I go to, um, it's kind of, it's called an, like an ashram, um, if, if you're in India, but mm -hmm. here it's just, it's called, it was, I went to the Himalayan Institute, right? but there, it was just like, kind of like a sanctuary, if you will, you know, there are sanctuaries all over, it's just, that's the one that I happen to go to, uh -huh. you know what I'm saying? And um, there, I just kind of had a chance to reset my circadian rhythm because I kind of got my rest cycle back. But it was because they started teaching me about like meditation and more advanced breath work. Okay. And so when I started doing the meditation and the more advanced breath work, uh -huh. it started to make sense like what I was doing, the moving in my body because you can do so much moving in your body, but sometimes your mind just keeps doing this and chattering thing, right. you know? And um, when I started learning how to meditate and just incorporated different practices of mindfulness, just from, I mean, the time that I wake up till the time I go to sleep, and that's what I learned there. And it's not that it's anything that's super far-fetched or extreme. It's just that sometimes when we get caught up in our busy lives, you know, our busy lives, whatever, uh, you just don't do those little things to take care of yourself. Right. And it, it starts to feel more and more overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And then we have this funny thing that we do that when we get overwhelmed, you know, it starts to feel vulnerable. And then when you start to feel vulnerable, you start to feel fear. Because when you're vulnerable, there's always a potential for, you know, more chances of some sort of life threat because you're vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And so you start guarding and like um, it can have all sorts of effects. But for me, it just kind of made me um, what the yoga did was it made me notice what I was doing mm. and it kind of helped me notice my 
mental dialogue. It gave me a chance to slow down, like actually having to stay in a posture that wasn't hurting me, but it was just a little awkward and uncomfortable, but I had to like breathe and just stay there mm. and let my mind do whatever weird tizzy it was going to do yeah. and just breathe and deal with it. Uh -huh. So I just did that over and over and over and over, you know, for months. Mm -hmm. And so in a safe place like that, you know, I just, it was, honestly, I feel like such a blessing that I had the opportunity to have a safe place like that, to just kind of like unwind and let my whole just life experience kind of ruminate around in my mind, like in peace, you know, like I had months to just be there. Like when I got diagnosed with PTSD, um, I was not, you know, able to go to work. I was, I had all kinds of really intense symptoms. I was super paranoid and um, I had terrible anxiety. My sleep was just wild. I wasn't able to eat. Um, and when I did eat, it was like it really randomly. And so I, I just started doing thing, more and more things that it's like coping tools that people use, like smoking cigarettes and drinking alcohol and eating a bunch of stuff. Like, like, I know how that happens because I can, I can easily get slip into doing that mm -hmm. in that environment. Mm -hmm. It's so difficult to like fortify yourself and, and stay in that environment because it's like if you if you have one little vulnerability, you know, which what I learned is that like when your body is vulnerable, so like if you have a physical injury, mm -hmm. then it starts to kind of mess with your mind. Oh. Because then your body, you know, your mind is kind of aware, you right. know, that there's some kind of like compromise in the structure. Uh -huh. And so the practice of yoga is so thorough that it doesn't just address conditioning the physical body it's getting into the deeper parts of yourself so it's not just the outer layer of yourself it starts there right like I said like I started going because my physical body was uncomfortable and causing all kinds of dis-ease in my mind right and when I started to just kind of be with the discomfort in my body I would notice the disturbances that were coming to my mind you know that and how they were related and and at some, at some point, I shifted from the blame and shame game to getting more curious and like trying to be like, what lesson am I supposed to be learning from this? Like, what is this all about? Like, why all this am I experiencing all this suffering? Wow, yeah. You know, I like certainly I've got to be like, and I just felt like um, all of a sudden, like, I just realized, you know, like, if you have the chance to show up in the, in the more like if you wake up and your eyes come open and you're all of a sudden conscious and aware that you're breathing, you know, you shift from that asleep state where you, who knows, you're like in the void. Right. Right. And then you're all of a sudden back online. Uh -huh. I'm like, okay, that is like, go. You like, you're supposed to be here. Like you're supposed to do something with that time. Like, and it doesn't have to be some huge grandiose gesture where you go out and do all these things for other people. Like it can be that you go take your grandma to the grocery store. Mm -hmm. It can be that you pick your mom up from work. It can be that you stay at home and make dinner for yourself instead of like going out because you think that your friends want you to and you would rather really stay home. But you, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. there's this weird little like rushing around thing that we do sometimes and instead of 
And when I got to slow down, I realized I was like, man, I want more time with the people that I actually really care about. Like, that's what I felt to be the most important. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, you know, like everybody that you interact with is the most important person that you're supposed to be with in that moment. Wow. You know, I love that. That's the perfect person for you in that moment. Like that's your time, like whatever is happening, like down to a cellular vibrational level, you're supposed to be like downloading and receiving information from each other and activating things in your DNA and just like really turning each other on in a literal sense of like activating your highest awareness and your consciousness. Wow, yeah. Right? Yeah, that's so cool. Isn't it? <laughs> and, and so once I realized that, I was like, okay, so for as many times as I get to wake up and be like here, I'm just going to try to catch myself if I'm being not so nice or if I catch myself feeling like jealous or greedy or envious or not grateful. And I learned in the Yoga Sutras, you know, and, and it, it, it's not just in the Yoga Sutras. It's just where I, it all of a sudden snapped for me because it's in many other different, you know, sacred scriptures. Uh-huh. Just, you know, like to be kind to yourself and like take care of yourself. And when you do that, you, it's, you actually can do it a little bit better for other people. Yeah. And it's this weird thing that you, it's like this play back and forth of like letting yourself like nourish yourself and then you can give back to the people that nourish you the most. And then you just do this little back and forth thing. Right. Um, and I just tried to catch, I just still practice, you know, try to catching myself like making the best choice that I can for whatever situation that I'm in. Mm -hmm. And that's what I I love about yoga is that it taught me to stay with the feeling that I was having so I could learn what it was I was supposed to learn from it and Mm -hmm. breathe through it and watch how it changes. Because if you change, it keeps unfolding and then you keep learning something more from it, right? Mm And that was really important, especially because I was having suicidal ideation. Mm -hmm. And that's like a whole thing of how I got to that point. You know, there was pharmaceuticals involved with that. And uh, I don't want to get on a big rant about big pharma, but uh, (laughs) it certainly didn't help my situation. You know. Um, So the, the way that you describe yoga. So like when I first encountered yoga, I was at a. A little yoga studio out in the suburbs and you know just getting you know fit or whatever and but um, as I went on in my education in seminary um, I come across this organization called the American Academy of Religion and you know they have a, a annual meeting um, and you know they talk about you know spiritual and sacred things and on there it had yoga on there and so I went to the the dialogue uh, the conversation the panel that they had in the way that they described yoga was something completely different than what we here in the United States have basically stolen <laughs> and uh, commoditized. You know, what you're talking about to me is more of the, the sacredness and reading the, the yoga sutras and, and things like that. So like in your mind, how does yoga help in spirituality? What, like from, a, from your perspective, what is spirituality? 
Well, it's just so it's so personal, but it's like when it's that it's it's so personal because it's your soul that you're tending to. It's your soul that you're dealing with. It's your soul's experience of everything that it's collected throughout eternity. Mm -hmm. And when you start to notice the disturbances and the dis-ease you you start to like want to get curious of like why is that happening like I guess like that's why I said that about suicide is it's like sometimes people feel so overwhelmed that they just want to shut it off because they can't stand the way that it feels Mm. but it had this kind of cumulative effect where it built up my tolerance to where I can I can I can feel like I can let myself be very very sensitive Mm. and not just to me but to other people but I can I can like experience it and observe it but not absorb it and so when I started to realize the difference like little different disturbances I would see to myself like okay what is it like specifically in the yoga sutras it talks about how you can counter pose like counteract jealousy or greed or all of these feelings that come up like and and it's like that's why I said it's so many different religions will tell you how to you know do different things but um they all are kind of saying almost the same thing because what it you know it says is it's like if you're feeling jealous uh, of someone else then you actually want to cultivate happiness for them and find a way to be happy for them Mm -hmm. and think about how they deserve their blessings that they're getting you know and 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 really you don't ever know what somebody went through Mm -hmm. to get what where they got and whatever they're getting blessed with in the moment like it's actually in your favor if you're if you can feel that that sense of gratitude for them oh my gosh yeah you know and so I just started doing little things like that like I never practiced that kind of a a deeper toning to my to myself like I just I think I was a lot more outward focused Mm -hmm. and just kind of like externalized which is fine because I, I still have that awareness like uh, of like what's going on outside but I focus more on like when something happens and I'm like how does that make me feel how, like specifically how does it change my heart rate how does it change my breath rate it, does it make me hold tension in my body like did I tense my neck and my shoulders or does my numic, stomach I said my stomach <laughs> my stomach get in knots you know uh-huh. like like so that's what how I kind of parlayed that ancient wisdom and practice into modern day time yeah. is I just took these things that they're you know because and I've said this before in classes I feel like it's almost cliche now it's like you cannot just go off every, everybody into the Himalayan Institute or to the Himalayan mountains and just have this quiet vibe where you're not disturbed like you actually can find this place inside of you that is always there that's available that you can cultivate and tend to this little garden in your mind if you will you know and also this sacred cave of your heart Mm. and also you know your your deep deep wisdom that lives in your gut in your belly the ancient like generational ancestral microbiome that's alive that literally is living like it's the modern day living remnants of your ancestors Mm. everything that you have experienced through your lineage is pulled into your gut Hmm. you know it's passed on from mother to child when you're born wow 
right? Yeah. And so, like, if you can just really be aware of how how deep wisdom is 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 embedded in you, okay, and focus on that because yes, there's trauma, yes, traumatic things happen, and yes, there's intergenerational PTSD that's extremely complex. Mm-hmm. And so if that exists, then so does that ancestral wisdom. Mm. They, if they, they have to. They, that's the duality. That's the beauty of nature that you can look all around and see, right? Mm-hmm. Is that if, that, if that if it's able to, the trauma is able to carry through, then so is the ancestral wisdom. Wow, that's beautiful. I love that. Wow. And I love it how, like, you know, your body has this natural wisdom to it. Mm-hmm. You know, you just got to give yourself permission to feel it. Right. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> yeah. Give yourself permission, space, time, and and that's the thing is that it that looks different for everybody. Right. Right. Because me sitting down in my happy place is maybe different than yours or hers or his or everybody else, and that has to be okay. And there there is enough space for that, and there is enough room for everybody to say what they need to say, and there is enough space and time for everybody to sit and be still with whatever it is they need to sit and be still with. Mm. Like, we can do both. We can have both. Yeah, yeah. So as you are helping people understand uh, this, this knowledge, uh, what, what, what has your work been like, you know, with other organizations? What are some of the organizations that you've helped um, either create or, or uh, you know, helped in being developed to help people understand this, this wisdom so that they can get beyond their trauma and start living in these practices that you're talking about, like gratitude and hopefulness and everything else like that. So can you talk a little bit more about that? Well, I, you know, my personal passion is like just right here at home, my Kansas City Fire Department right, and the Kansas City Police Department. Um, I just have such a soft spot in my heart for them because I've been working with them and I know them. And um, when I was off work and I had the opportunity to really like reflect and let my experience resonate, I realized that we have so much more in common than we don't. And it's funny because sometimes those things that we don't have in common can cause us to really create friction between one another. but when I let it settle, you know, when I just sit and I let that kind of momentary friction, you know, the heat from the momentary friction dissipates. It's not, it doesn't last for long. So Mm -hmm. if you can just stay and then see how the humanity of it all, like these people that show up to be first responders are people that have experienced adversity. They're highly versed in being adaptable. They're extremely resilient. They're very caring and they would do more for you than they would for their self, mm-hmm. usually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With in most cases. And um that to me is like something that I want to give my energy and my life force to. Like that's to me like I it's one of those things like I just feel like I must and I I want to at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so I started by just trying to always encourage everybody that I work with to take good care of themselves, but not by like preaching too much to them, but more just by like doing it or like offering things here and there that 
like we're meeting them where they were at at their comfort level. Mm -hmm. And I just did that consistently mm -hmm. and gently. And then, you know, the chief of the fire academy, um, he has his own practice. Uh, he's awesome. And he knew that I was really passionate about having yoga and meditation practices of mindfulness available to first responders in Kansas City because we had worked together mm -hmm. uh, in Warriors Ascent. And so he allowed me and invited me to come down to the fire academy and start teaching the cadets. Mm -hmm. And that was several years ago. Wow. And um, we've been doing that now. And you know, when we first started doing it, they had me do it once a week, and now they have me do it twice a week, mm -hmm. specifically because they wanted to focus more on meditation and breath work. Mm -hmm. And so that's really cool. You know, like we, we just graduated um, our last, our most recent class a couple weeks ago. And I want to say that that was like the sixth or seventh academy that I've been, you know, fortunate enough to be able to work with. That's so awesome. Yeah. And then also, you know, at the police department, once a week, we do a class there that's mm -hmm. available for their members. And I know that in the academy, they incorporate yoga and meditation into their training from the academy level. So here in Kansas City, just in the last few years, mm -hmm. Both our police and fire department have, you know, recognized the value of taking better care of their members and incorporating more tools to teach them how to tend to themselves on a deeper level that's not just the physical, because we really focus on physical right. wellness. Um, but now they're just starting to see the importance more of emotional and mental health and sharing, just sharing good tools and sharing best practices and just making spaces for that is pretty amazing yeah. to me. Well, you mentioned um, something about Warrior's Ascent. Can you, can you explain a little bit more about Warrior's Ascent? Yeah, well, Warrior's Ascent w is a project that I was involved with um, at, from the very beginning. And it's, uh, you know, a group of people that, you know, have the same interest as I do as far as sharing best practices to encourage people toward their healing mm -hmm. and just creating safe uh, environments that are nourishing mm -hmm. and conducive with that. So, um, you know, there's some people that are much more business savvy than me that got some grants and they made it so, you know, we could do these week-long retreats and just uh, did yoga and meditation and um, just being together in a community like day and night for a week is mm -hmm. something that some people hadn't ever really had an opportunity to do and you know especially with some really challenging cathartic settings that we would present for them to do, just kind of like debrief their trauma mm. um, it was pretty it was a pretty amazing experience like I'm really grateful that I was in the place that I was at to be able to show up for that. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot of really amazing people that showed up for that. You know, like, it wouldn't be what it was without every single person that showed up to just participate. Right. You know? 
So, and, and like every single one of those people kind of voted by showing up that, that they, they, yes, that they agree that it's important to take care of yourself. It's important to, you know, like let yourself um, be human in your, in your best form, you know, and when you're doing that, then you're showing up and doing your job right. the best. And that's the thing that we all had in common at Warriors Ascent is that everybody was either a veteran or a first responder. Wow. Yeah, so it you know it was just a pretty amazing experience, and then a spinoff. There's another uh, other spinoffs of, of that, and a lot of amazing work in Kansas City is happening. I just feel like everybody is so not everybody. I'm you know I shouldn't say well people that you are encountering. With, there's right? yeah, there's just so many more people that are interested in well-being, mm -hmm. and that's encouraging to me. You know, especially because on the flip side, there's like a serious suicide epidemic that's like a rash issue. Right. And um, amongst young people and uh, military personnel. Right. Yeah. You're right. And so to me, I'm just like, you know, fortifying the human infrastructure of the city you know like the police and the firefighters like those are the the humans that work the infrastructure of the right, city like right. it's really important that they're well it's really important to me because i work with them yeah <laughs> and and i have personal interests in their life like i want them to be happy when they go home i want them to enjoy their retirement like i don't want them to be so sucked into their service that it gets out of balance to the point where they're you know, fighting demons instead of right. celebrating their efforts. Right. And so, like, you, you've mentioned that you've just, you've been working with first responders and military veterans. Um, if there was a person out there that say, hey, I want, I want to talk to SEA, I want her to come over to my, to my organization and speak, is there a way that they can get in touch with you? Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> How could they get in touch like, with you? Like, you want my, you want my email? You, you can my go Instagram email, handle. Instagram, or, you know, if you got a website, whatever, you know, anything like that. Um, StressedOutHumans.com is a, an amazing uh, project that I, I work with. It's a, a group of very knowledgeable um, human beings that are all about implementing best care practices into all different uh, kinds of spaces. So um, my bio's on there, and then um, you can, I'm on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, of course, Essie. Essie Marie Titus It's it's uh, pretty much the only one. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Titus is such a strong name. It is. Yeah. I know, it's my favorite book in the Bible. <laughs> it's short and sweet, to the point. <laughs> not quite creed but kansas city will do right yeah well <laughs> great well essie thank you so much we're out of like we're running out of time it, uh, I, we could probably talk about this a lot longer because oh, sure. I, I wanted to talk about moral injury and how you worked with that and all this other stuff but maybe for another podcast episode so sure, sure. so um I'll, back. I'll try not to be late next time oh don't even worry uh, about that <laughs> <laughs> well i want to thank you for coming and um and on that note for the rest of us I want to thank you for tuning in uh, and to listening to this podcast. If you want to support this podcast, please visit us uh, at storywagon.org. And that's W-A-G-E-N.org, storywagon.org. And you can visit us on our Patreon page. Just type in Storywagon. We're on all uh, major platforms of social media. 
So just type in Story Wagon and we'll pop right up. I want also want to thank um, San Billen and Primary Color Music who have provided us with the music and then also the National Benevolence Association, uh, nbacares.org. They're the ones that helped us to start this podcast and this organization. So on that note, this is Chaplain Jose Martinez wishing you good spiritual health.